We'll get to episode 254 in just a moment, but before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of this podcast. Whenever you need to make a purchase at Amazon.com, please use my affiliate link by going to ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. It doesn't cost you anything more, and I may earn a small commission on qualifying purchases. Again, that's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there and welcome to episode 254 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I'm really glad you're joining me today and this is the first time I am videoing the podcast. So if you want to see some of what Studio B looks like, go over to the link in the show notes and you can actually watch me other than listen to me. I know I don't know who's going to want to do that, but it's there now and I hope that I can get the episodes up on YouTube as quickly as I get out an episode on the podcast app or platforms, I guess I should say. So I have a few things to talk about as usual, but I'm going to start off by talking about my time. And this is the second time I'm recording this. The first time I recorded it, I forgot a whole bunch of things because I'm now standing in front of this microphone as opposed to sitting in front of the mic that I used to sit at where I would have my notes on the screen that I could then either highlight and play easily. Right now, the keyboard, my, I have a keyboard drawer and I'll maybe for the next episode, I will do a small Studio B tour so you can kind of see what it looks like here. It's a little bit messy today, I got to be honest. And all the junk is behind <laughs> where the camera is. I've got some junk down right down there and I've got some junk over there. Pretty much back there is pretty clean. Uh, oh, and I should introduce you to the pillow that I received. If you can see back on the couch, uh, the folks at the Keystone chapter, and I'll talk about this in a minute, they gave me a pillow in case I get a little frustrated. You can see it's got an ampersand and basically a swear word without the actual swear word on it. Hashtag ampersand at sign exclamation and a couple other things. In case I get a little frustrated as first vice president of the NFB of Pennsylvania, they thought that would be something better than a stress ball to squeeze. <laughs> that I could just yell into that or I could hit that or whatever. But that's there now. Now another <laughs> another thing here in Studio B. But that's one thing is my time has been, again, everybody only has a certain number of hours. You have 168 hours in a week. How do you use them? And when things crop up, which have cropped up over the last couple of weeks, and this will be the first episode in two weeks. Again, I recorded a few days ago but I wasn't happy with it. That's why I'm not using it. Before that, I didn't record because we had a bad rainstorm early last week here in the Philadelphia area. And if you live in the east, you had the same storm, whether up in New York, flooding and everything else. We had back-to-back storms, one on the Friday the week before, and then a couple days later, we had this crazy monsoon-type rain where water was constantly coming into our basement where Studio B is. That's what the B stands for in Studio B. So we were constantly running the shop vac right by our back door. So, and our back door is behind my right shoulder over there. 
if you're watching, you can see where I'm pointing. <laughs> if you're blind and I say over there, it's frustrating because that happens all the time. So behind me over my right shoulder is the exit door to the basement, part of the laundry room. And then that has stairs that go up to the backyard. So of course, water always either comes down the stairs or I don't know where it's coming from because the drain is clear. But last week when we had the bad storm, the pump that we bought at Home Depot before the previous storm was running constantly for about eight or 10 hours. And even with that pump running, we still had water coming in somewhere along the, our driveway side. And behind me, past the laundry room and up a level is the driveway. So somewhere along there, water was coming in. It wasn't coming in the window. There's a window there in the laundry room. It wasn't coming in there. So having to constantly check that, that took a day away from me. Um, some other things cropped up, both NFB-related and life-related, that stopped me from being able to do that. So it's just a matter of, and then there's, of course, then there's the issue of when can I record when the golden menace is not being as menacey, so it's usually when, <laughs> when he's out of the house and he and Liz are on a walk right now. And I'll talk more about Ziggy in a minute because I do have a big Ziggy update. And as far as when maybe Jacob's on a call or streaming something, and again, the streaming bit doesn't matter when I'm just recording myself, but when I do record an interview with White Canes Connect and things like that, then I have to uh, obviously make sure that it's quiet. Again, the kitchen is right above my head, so Liz can't prepare <laughs> any kind of food or go to the refrigerator or get Ziggy's dinner or whatever. So I have to make sure. So recording this is usually at the end of the queue of what gets done when. I have to make sure everybody else has something planned so that I can come down here and do this. And I tried to record late in the evening, but sometimes I'm tired and there's just no energy. So I didn't want to do that. So I'm recording now, which is Sunday afternoon on the 14th of January, when I'd usually be watching Red Zone, but it's the playoffs, no Red Zone. Uh, there is a game on, which I, when I finish recording, I'm going to go watch, Cowboys and Packers. So I just have to find time to make it so I can come down here and record. We had a recording set up for White Canes Connect that will be episode 095, and I'll talk about 094 at the end of the show. But 095 is about the Audio Description Learning Network, which is a group of theaters in the Philadelphia area that have gotten together to do audio description for their performances. Right now, some of them offer only occasional audio description, and it's frustrating to folks in the blind community because a lot of times they offer the audio description also during a they call them relaxed performance, where they don't turn the lights down all the way, and people can get up and move around. You can get up and go to the bathroom if you if you have to, with not during intermission, things like that. And and it's for other folks with other sensory issues and and things like that. And kind of frustrating because as far as blind folks are concerned, we're only concerned about knowing what's going on in the performance. So that we recorded the other day and I didn't record. It was Simon interviewing a couple of folks, but I monitored it and jumped in. And I, of course, I recorded it. That was during the day. So it was only Ziggy and I here. But the problem was, 
and, and I'll say, maybe I'll save the Ziggy portion of this, but I, I had to constantly run up and down the stairs to check on Ziggy. And at one point it had been a while since I ran up to check on him. And he actually came down here and stood outside Studio B and whined because he had to go out. I'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> but that's the whole issue. I can't do it during the day when it's just he and I here because, especially now, because of the medicine that he's on and, and, a, and a few other, and him being a golden menace. And he will get into things, <laughs> again, I'll tell you in the update in a minute. So it's just a matter of finding the right time. And I was on a great streak for the first maybe four years of this podcast where I would record and the episode would get out Thursday afternoon. Like clockwork. Once I figured I was going to do Thursday afternoons, that's when it got out. But now it's not the case. So I've got to figure something out there. All right. The long-awaited Ziggy <laughs> update. So he recently had a colonoscopy and endoscopy to figure out what is going on with him. And we kind of still don't know. Whatever it is that he has, it's very mild, the vet said. We got an update last week. Whatever is, it's, it's mild, but she didn't really say what. We don't know if it's some sort of something like an irritable bowel thing, which things like allergies could affect. And he does seem to have some allergies. So it could be that. But we were quoted five grand, plus or minus around five grand. Now, we were happily surprised <laughs> when we went to pay the bill at the end. It was only... $4,000. Now, on top of the other four to $5,000 that we've already shelled out since this had all started back in September, you can see what we're into it for, uh, roughly around nine grand, give or, give or take. Now, we have received some money back from insurance, and we will probably get some more back, but it doesn't cover everything. It doesn't cover things that they consider a wellness thing, even though it might have to do with something we're doing here. We had to get him all new food, and we've changed his food two or three times since everything started. Now, the cool thing is, we had ordered some things from Chewy, and I'm not an affiliate for Chewy, but I'm, <laughs> I am going to go sign up because I will talk about them because they've been so awesome. Anything that we had unopened, as far as the dry food goes, they took back. We shipped them back. They paid for shipping, too, which was awesome. That was taken care of, and when we got the credit, and I think this is an error, they also they credited us for the whole order, our whole last order, which was a, close to $300, just under $300, $290-something. They credited us for the whole order, and when I asked Liz, I said, Liz, a credit just came in from Chewy. Does this number sound right? 290-whatever, 293, I think. Does that sound right? She said, that's the whole order. I said, well, I kind of think they made an error because she didn't send the cans back. And the can, the dry, sorry, the wet food was, I don't know if it was one case, but it had been opened. There were three or four cans, you know, had been used because they had changed the food a couple of times over, I don't know, three, a three-week span or a four-week span. So awesome how great they were to take that stuff back and I'm sure, again, once we contact them about the credit, why they did so much, we'll, we'll figure that out. But he has been a little bit better now. The last few days, he's been wearing the cone of shame because when they did the endoscopy and colonoscopy, they shaved his front left paw, and I'm touching my, 
my left forearm. And so there's this space, there's this gap where he is hairless or the hair is just coming back in. He has been licking it off and on. And Liz was worried that it wasn't going to heal. We tried to wrap it in something and that didn't work. And at one point he had gotten the wrap off and he would have eaten it had we not watched him do it. So he's got the cone of shame on. Not when he's out for a walk. Today he's out for a walk, like I said, with Liz, and it's really, really windy here. I said, you can't take him out with that, with that cone on in the wind because even when he goes out into the backyard and the wind is blowing, his head is bobbing all around, and uh, it's actually kind of funny. And I don't know if he likes it or doesn't like it because he likes the wind, obviously, like all dogs. Like he will stick his head out the car window when he's in the car if we, if we let him, if we open the window when it's warm enough to do that. So there's all those things going on. And for the most part, he seems better. Now, I had mentioned earlier about him. He needs to go out basically every half hour to pee. He's been on prednisone for since he had the colonoscopy and endoscopy. And I'm also on prednisone. Now, we're not sharing because the first, I don't remember, three or four days after the colonoscopy endoscopy, he was on 20 milligrams twice a day. Holy cow, I'm on two and a half milligrams once a day. So he was drinking, <laughs> obviously drinking a lot and peeing a lot. And when he came down here, like I mentioned earlier, and whined because I hadn't gone upstairs to take him out, when I did take him out, if you're familiar with that scene in Austin Powers, it was longer than that scene in Austin Powers when he went out to pee. It was, I, I felt bad that I I hadn't gone up to check on him. And I told him, again, I know he's a dog and maybe he doesn't listen or doesn't understand one or the other. I said, when you need to go out, come downstairs and get me. Just come downstairs when you need something. And so he finally did. And I left the door open to Studio B because my mic was turned down since I wasn't in the episode. I was just listening. And I would jump in from time to time and ask Simon to ask a specific question or something like that. So he came down, like I said, didn't even come into Studio B, just stood at the doorway, whined, and I said, okay, I'm sorry, we'll, we'll go out. And I took him out, and we stayed outside for probably, besides the time he was peeing, I let him run around, because he has been wanting to stay outside more. I kind of think he's been warm in the house, even though we only keep it at like 68, and Jane complained about that when, <laughs> when she was home. So I stayed outside, he played around outside, and him playing around outside is digging holes in the backyard, which is his thing. Um, I always said that, uh, I, I always joke with him that he's digging a pool or looking for truffles, or there's a few other things that I mentioned. But he also likes to eat grass and dirt, which, you know, to me, researching all that says that he's doing that. Some dogs do it because they like it, they like the taste. Some dogs do it because maybe their stomach isn't feeling well and they're doing it so they will throw, make themselves throw up. I don't know why he does it, but he absolutely loves it and gets so mad if you try to take it away from him. He will race around the yard to stay away from you if he's got some grass in his mouth or dirt or grass and dirt. So I don't know if our grass tastes great. I haven't tasted it, <laughs> but he has and he loves it. And he eats other people's grass too, especially his favorite is when he walks past a house that has just had their grass cut. And there's the clumps of grass because they didn't clean it up enough or whatever. He will go for those, and Liz has to be on the ball to stop him from eating it. He just loves to eat grass. I don't, maybe he's a cow. I don't know. The next thing I wanted to mention 
is Starbucks. Now, we used to be really addicted to Starbucks. I mean, Liz more so than me. But before the pandemic, I don't remember on, on some months, we would spend hundreds of dollars. And when I say we, Liz would go every day for her chai tea latte. I don't remember how she ordered it, but two pumps, something, this and that, and no water, foam, I, whatever. It was a whole list of things for her uh, venti chai tea latte. And every day she would go on her way to school. And sometimes she and the, her partner in the room would make a run at Starbucks either at lunchtime or if they were having meetings or something and there was a little break in between the end of school and the time the meetings were happening. So it was that much. I mean, it was crazy amounts. Then the pandemic came and the Starbucks were closed and she found something that she could make at home that she loves equally and goes through it as much, but it's obviously cheaper because she's buying uh, the concentrate and it's by Rishi. And if they have it at Amazon, which I think they do, I will link it in the show notes. I think I've linked it in the past, but I will link to it. It comes in a box, and I think she goes through a box every two or three days, and she mixes a little bit of, um, I think it's skim milk with it, and that's what she takes to school every day. She drinks it on her way into work and during the beginning of school and then brings the empty. <laughs> and, and I got to be honest, I love taking that off when I'm doing the dishes at night and smelling that. I, I just love that smell. It's just great. So I'm happy that she's got this Rishi stuff because again, it was a few hundred dollars on some months for Starbucks. The other day when Ziggy was having his colonoscopy and endoscopy, Liz and I got a chance to run a lot of errands. And I don't get, we, we've had a, our car for about, uh, is it three years? Two years. Two years, I think. We got it in 21. It was 23. So two and a half years. I have probably been, we have about 24, 25,000 miles on it. I've been in that car maybe for 2,000 of those miles. I, we never go places together because I'm here with Ziggy and Liz is at work or school, work and school, which is the same thing. Or she's at the store or it's very rare that we do things together anymore Primarily because of Ziggy, not because we don't like each other, but we don't like to leave him by himself. We don't think it's fair to him. Now, we do on occasion go out, uh, but it's a very rare occasion. Yesterday morning, I went to a Keystone chapter meeting, which I'll talk about in a sec, and Liz took me to the train and then went to Costco. Obviously, I don't think Ziggy could go to Costco with her. If he did, he would be in line at the sample desks. I wonder if they would give him one. (laughs) Or if we would allow, well, that's another thing. We can't give him anything other than his food. So no bananas. I'm sure the banana prices have cratered since Ziggy has been off bananas. It's bananas. <laughs> so we're going to do all this running around. And instead of me making my English breakfast tea here, I figured, you know what? I'll get it while we're out and about because one of the places we had to go was right near a Starbucks. So we figured we'll go to that Starbucks, I'll get the, the tea, and, and I'll take a half a lemon with me so I could have it with it, and we'll do all our running around. We went to Home Depot. It was the, the day we bought the pump for our stairwell. It was just like the old days when we used to do stuff, which we used to do all the time, and now, like I say, I, I don't do that anymore at all. 
the Starbucks that we go to in Springfield, Pennsylvania, on Baltimore Pike, is only pickup. You have to order on the app, and then you go in and you pick it up. They took the store, which is probably, I don't know, 1,000 square feet, maybe a little bit more, and they've closed it off to where they used to have the tables, that part and the bathrooms, all closed off. The only thing you do when you walk in the door, there's a wall on one side with a counter at the end where the people come out from where they make the drinks. And the wall with the windows has the, what I call the fixins bar. And if you ever went to a Roy Rogers restaurant, a fast food restaurant, that's what they called it. And that's why I call every bar that, whether it's called that or something else, where they have the sugars and the stirs and the, you know, the, the napkins and whatnot. And, and that's basically it. It's basically, I don't know, maybe 10 feet wide by, I don't know, 20 feet long, something like that. So they took this maybe 1,000 square foot store, or at least the, the selling space on it uh, was about 1,000 square feet. And now it's, you know, a couple hundred square feet. And, and it's interesting because Liz had tried to order, went in there a few days earlier than when we were running around to get a drink. And she said, oh, you have to order on the app. The girl told her. And at that point, my Starbucks app had been offloaded from my phone because we hadn't been in a while and I wasn't traveling. And that's when I use it when, I, when I'm somewhere. So I said, skip it because I am not going to be, I'm going to have to re-download the app. And I don't think I ever had the app on this phone, my new phone from the middle of October. I said, skip it because it'll take time. And it's a good thing because when I finally did put it back on my phone, I then had to go back in and re-enter all my information, password and whatnot, which of course I forgot. And so I did it after that because I knew at some point I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to want the app. And when I went to order, when we were, Liz and I were running around, it was the first time I had ever placed a mobile order. I haven't placed a mobile order. Usually I just pull the app out, the phone out and with the app, and I uh, use it to pay. It's tied to my American Express card and so forth. And then we get the points and whatnot. I mean, we racked up so many points. We were getting all sorts of tea back when they had the Tivana stores. I was getting my favorite tea that way, and it was awesome. But now there's no Tivana. There's no great tea from there. And... <laughs> and we don't go to Starbucks very often anymore. And again, for me, it's primarily when I'm traveling away from home, when I'm in Harrisburg, New York, Washington, wherever I am, that's when I get it. As we start to drive to go do our errands, I said, you know what, maybe let me order now. So I pulled it up, opened the app, and did mobile order it pulls up a list of stores. Now, I would think it would do the ones closest to where we were at the time. It didn't. It pulled up one that was a couple miles away in Brookhaven. It pulled up one in Media. And so I had to scroll, and then I found the one on Baltimore Pike in, Media, in Springfield. And I double-tap it. I hear, the, I hear what it is. I hear the address. I double-tap it, and I see a little green bubble where it is. And I showed Liz. I said, Liz, what does that say? She said, selected. I said, okay, great. So how do you usually do it once it's selected? She said, you just tap it and then you go into that and you can place the order. I said, okay. So I again, touch it. I hear it say it selected. I double tap it. Says the same thing. I double tap it. She said, you're not hitting the green button. I said, okay, well, I'm going to leave voiceover on and you do it. And she does it. 
and nothing happens. It's just on the same screen. Okay. So I said, all right, let me turn off voiceover. I said, now you do it. And she did it. And of course, she just touched, I guess, where that green button was and immediately went in. She handed the phone back to me and I tried to find the T and I couldn't do anything. I said, let me turn off voiceover. You do it or we're going to be here all day and we're not going to be able to do the running around. So she did it. And fine, we go to pick it up. We were probably about eight minutes away. We go in there. Just as we get in there, we're not even in there a minute, and they called my name, and we get the tea. And I go over and I ask the girl. I said, I tried to order on the way over, as you can see, and I had my white cane with me. I'm blind. Your app isn't fully accessible. And I said, what that means is when I use a screen reader on it, which I have to use on my phone, I can't make it work because there are some issues with it and I couldn't even get into the store. So if I were in this area and wanted to come in here for something to drink, would I be able to place that order if I came in? Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to come in here ever because I can't place the order on the phone, on on the mobile. And she said, yeah. And now I don't know if she was just telling me that to get me out because when Liz asked that, She was told, no, you have to order on the app. And it's one of the issues, and I know I talked about it either in the last episode or one prior. I know we talked about it a million times, but very recently I talked about it. It is a big issue for folks who are blind and visually impaired who are trying to do the same thing as everybody else, as the sighted world does. And when we can't, it's very frustrating because it minimizes our importance. It minimizes everything about us that, hey, we're not the same. It points out that it's, it's glaring. And a lot of blind folks, they don't see much, but they, they see plenty of glare. And <laughs> I am in there. When I go to Washington at the end of the month for Washington Seminar, and we go around to the various... Pennsylvania representatives and the two Pennsylvania senators to meet with them and talk about things. That's one of the things on the agenda. It is just unreal at this time how much that is the case. I was traveling, like I said yesterday, to the Keystone Chapter meeting at the Penn Museum. And I'm standing on the platform trying to use the app. And the SEPTA app, it's not fully accessible also. So every time I go into the app, I have to, if I want to know a schedule, I have to go in and f- physically enter the starting sta- the line, the starting station, the ending station to get that information. Most other people can save it as a favorite. And I can save it as a favorite. But when I go to my favorites, it doesn't tell me what those favorites are. When I go to next to arrive, it doesn't tell me what that is. I think I mentioned a few episodes ago, I actually took a screenshot of that page and then took it into Be My Eyes and had Be My Eyes tell me what it said. That's the steps I had to take. Again, it just is not right that you have a device that can do so much, but because of the software, it doesn't. Again, I mentioned Washington Seminar, and let me take a step back and tell you what that is. Every year, 
the National Federation of the Blind has a week where everyone from around the country, and we're fortunate because we're so close here in Pennsylvania to Washington, it's only a couple of hours via train. We go down and we have a big meeting the first night of everybody that's attending. And then the next couple of days, we go first to our representatives. And in Pennsylvania, I think there's 17 now. As we keep bleeding population, obviously we're dropping. When I was in school, it was like 27. I know I wasn't in school recently either, though. We go down, we go the first day, we split up into groups, and there's around 10 of us going from Pennsylvania, from the NFB of Pennsylvania, and we'll split up, and anybody who's in a group that has the representative, for example, I'm, my, I'm in Pennsylvania 5, so um, I will probably be the one, and more than likely Simon, who's also in Pennsylvania 5, and maybe Chip, who's also in Pennsylvania 5, will be the ones to go to Mary Gay Scanlon, who is our representative, will go to her office. And they didn't give us the time of day last time. We actually just had to walk in and hand them the information and stood in their entryway to talk a little bit about it. They, they couldn't even give us some time. So that was frustrating, but that's another story, and we'll see how it goes this year. We go down, and we do that on the first day. And then the second day, we're going to go to the different senator's office. In Pennsylvania, we have Senator Casey, who is a big friend of the blind community, and has sponsored a few bills, has been the lead sponsor of a few bills in the Senate. And so he is very receptive to us. And we usually get to meet with, I don't know if it's his chief of staff, his last name is McCormick, I can't, I think his name is Michael McCormick. He's very nice and actually from this area and is very familiar. His son still lives in Rutledge and so forth. But he grew up in this area. I don't remember if it was Ridley or Ridley Park, and, you know, when I told him where I lived, he said, oh, yeah, I know, right? He said, right behind the Goodwill. And I said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which used to be an Acme and now is a Goodwill. So we'll go to see him and we'll also go to Senator Fetterman's office. And usually, last year there, he, that was his first year in office. So um, he had just been sworn in a few weeks earlier. It was before he took that leave of absence. We met with very junior people in his office last year. Um, and he was still probably getting his office together because he had only been in maybe two or three weeks. Again, it's usually the end of January, early February that is Washington seminar. So that's what we do. And we put these three items on the agenda. Sometimes it's four. But one of them is website accessibility and app accessibility. And websites are a whole, whole other story. And we could have a whole episode on how crazy some websites are. And I've talked about it with other blind friends about how things are. It's just, it's not right. And in some cases, it's horrible to the point where I will stop trying to get onto a page because things are constantly updating. If you go to a site that has a lot of ads on it or has a video ad where it starts to play, all of a sudden you'll hear a countdown, video will end in 10 seconds, video will end in nine seconds. Meanwhile, every time you try to start listening to an article, you'll hear a couple of words and then it'll say video will end in whatever. So, and it's again, not easy to find, if at all possible to find, the close button to close that ad. So that's one of the things on the agenda. So I'm looking forward to going down to Washington to talk about, and obviously I have a whole bunch of things that I could show, hey, here's, here's what we mean by not being accessible. 
this is what that means. I once posted a comment on a international living video. It was a video of, I don't remember where, and it had, it was one of those videos that has nothing but music playing and then has words pop up on the screen and then disappear and then other words pop up on the screen. Well, I couldn't read it and nobody who was blind. And I posted this, you know, this video is, is inaccessible. And somebody said, well, it's here on the internet. What do you mean it's not accessible? And then I had to explain it's not accessible because I have no idea what's going on. It's, and so forth. On a daily basis, that's what we have to do and deal with. And, and it's frustrating, like I said. I'm going to touch on one more thing before I get into the final stuff. And I can hear the golden menaces back. He's walking around the kitchen right now, right above my head. And I now hear Liz walking around. Liz does not walk quietly either. <laughs> But I'm interested to see what happens with this video, how long it takes me to get this video out. I'm hoping that it's not too many days after I get the podcast out, because it usually takes me a day or two to get the podcast out because I have so many other things going on, and it'll, it'll, be, <laughs> it'll be fun to see. Now, on the flip side, I have started to record what I'll use as B-roll for the future. The other day, Ziggy and I were outside, and he was chewing on grass and then flopping around on his back on the, in, the, in the backyard. So in the future, instead of having to look at me the whole time, there will be that to look at when I talk about certain things. The other thing that I'm a little concerned with, I can't always find where the camera is to look at. So if, if I'm not looking at the camera all the time, that's why. I don't know necessarily. I know it's right about there. But my eye sometimes is looking somewhere over here. So I may have to put something behind the camera just so I can kind of something bigger than the camera. It's only a, it's a small webcam uh, from Logitech. And I'll put a link in the show notes uh, what it is. And I, I think it's pretty good, but it's tiny. So, I, you know, it's not something that I can easily see. It also doesn't help that I've got a light shining in my face. Uh, I also need a brighter light because I don't want to keep the overhead lights on because I don't like them. Uh, I usually use that. When I'm in here without recording, I use that light that you see in the back. I have a floor lamp that shoots up at the ceiling. That's what I usually keep on here in Studio B when I'm, when I'm just either recording without video or just working on the computer. So I'm interested to see how long it'll take me to get all the, the editing for the video done. Because A, I don't really know how to edit video. <laughs> and B, again, I got a million things going on. So I had mentioned White Canes Connect episode 094 a little earlier, and what that is, it is all about diabetes. In Pennsylvania, Christine Palmer has started a diabetes support group, and the episode was dedicated to that. We talked to her, we talked to Debbie Wonder, which is a very cool last name, and that is really her last name. And she is the president of the Diabetes Action Network within the NFB National Organization, and then we talked to Anil Lewis, who is the executive director at the NFB and also the second vice president of the Diabetes Action Network. Diabetes is the leading cause of blindness in the U.S. It is, it's just, a, it's a big issue. And a lot of folks are interested in it. So we, we have that episode 094. They talk about it. Christine talks about why she wanted to start the network or why she wanted to start the group. Debbie talks about the, the national network to begin with and how that all got started. And that got started years and years and years ago, probably about 40 years ago. And Anil talks about the structure of how the NFB is. It is a 
division, the, the Diabetes Action Network, is a division of the NFB. But the group that was formed here in Pennsylvania is just a group. And Anil explained what the differences are. Primarily, it is needing a constitution for how you run the meetings and do things. When it's a support group, it's just, hey, everybody shows up with this like-minded issue and we talk about things. They might have, for example, their first meeting is on Monday night, the 15th, which is tomorrow night. And they're going to have a nutritionist on and Debbie is going to be there to take questions live from people who are there. So again, it's episode 094 of White Canes Connect. You can listen. It is posted. It dropped on Friday morning. So it's out there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcast, you can check out that episode. You can also listen on YouTube and it's at PA Blind Podcast. So youtube.com slash at PA Blind Podcast. It was a very challenging episode to edit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's always a little difficult the more people you have and more things that go on in the background and people talking at the same time and things like that. Sometimes I just rearrange the talking. Sometimes I have to take it out. But that will do it for this episode, episode 254 of I Can't See You. Show notes are over on the website, icantseeyou.com slash 254. That's icantseeyou.com slash 254, numerically speaking. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash 254. Reach out to me. You can call 646-926-6350 if you've got questions, comments, show ideas, whatever you've got. I'd love to hear from you. Again, 646-926-6350. Please reach out and let me know what you're thinking. And please leave your name in town and whatnot when you call. I'd appreciate that. You can also reach out via email, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. And obviously, as I mentioned at the beginning, the socials. At David Benj on Facebook and Twitter slash X, Instagram, threads. What else do we have? LinkedIn. Connect with me over there. I always post the episodes there. Both White Kings Connect and I Can't See You. And just like I mentioned earlier for the White Canes Connect episodes, you can listen to this episode on YouTube at David Benj there as well. I really do appreciate you listening. Be well, stay safe, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.